This segment of the program is brought to you by GetTheTea.com. Don't forget, you can hop on over to GetTheTea.com and uh, get yourself some great stocking stuffers. Actually good for people's immune system. So GetTheTea.com. And in a moment, we're going to be joined by the former mayor of Shalom, Israel, David Rubin, who's been on the program. A little insight, breaking news this morning. Both sides, Israel and Hamas, uh, have agreed to a ceasefire for four hours or four days, four days, yeah, four days to allow uh, a hostage exchange. Hamas says they'll give up women and children, and uh, uh, Israel will have to give up uh, many of the Hamas uh, soldiers, terrorists that they have in their custody. So we'll see how how that goes. And also we want to get David Rubin's input right now here on Speaking Out America. David Rubin joins us, former mayor of Shalom, uh, Israel, and he's got a lot to say about what's happening right now. We've been uh, learning this morning that there was a peace uh, or at least a ceasefire. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, David? Well, I think, uh, look, in, in theory, in theory, freeing of hostages is good. In theory, uh, uh, ending conflict in general is good, but not this time. Uh, we, we have to remember that Israel on October 7th, was victimized by a vicious massacre carried out by the Hamas terrorist organization, in which 1,200 or more Israelis were were killed, murdered, slaughtered, heads chopped off, uh, babies, unborn babies, uh, torn out of the wombs of their pregnant mothers, uh, children burned alive, and thousands more wounded and many thousands more traumatized for life. So, uh, you know, we have to remember this uh, when, when we're, anytime we're talking about a ceasefire. Well, the other thing, too, is that I, I'm, I'm on the same camp as you on this very issue. This is just giving Hamas more time to regroup, which is what they want. And they seem to be winning the PR war around the world, which is what you and others uh, predicted, which would be to play on the sympathies by showing the videos of what's going on in Hamas. But the fact of the matter is that Hamas is a terrorist organization, and it has uh, brutally attacked its neighbor and wishes them uh, to be gone, and Israel has to stop this and make sure it never happens again. And now we, of course, yeah. know. So, we, yeah, yeah. So, I, so I think that the that the hostage deal is, is premature. I don't think we had to agree to it at this time. I think if we continued the offense on the principle that the best defense is a good offense, uh, we wouldn't have had to agree to such a deal. We would have gotten a much better deal, and ultimately. Uh, you you have to fight against an enemy and defeat the enemy, and that's uh, hopefully that's going to happen again after after the ceasefire. But uh, it makes it that much harder uh, to to reverse the process because pressure is going to be put on Israel from all sides uh, to agree to the ceasefire. But if I if I could, I just want to emphasize uh, that. Uh, that you know, you I, I think you know, Jim, that that I was wounded in a terror attack about 20 years ago, in which um, it was a, a terrorist ambush in which I I was shot uh, in the leg. My son was shot in the head, and at that time he was only three years old. And and the you know we're we're talking about vicious terrorists. And as a result of that terror attack, I started the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund for the purpose of healing the trauma of the terror victim children. And, I, and you know, once this massacre happened on October 7th, uh, we immediately went into action because a lot of the 
uh, victims had been moved to the center of the country and and we had to get to work in, in terms of treating them. So I, I just want to give your listeners a chance to get on board with us by going to our website, uh, which is israelchildren.org. That's israelchildren.org. And, you know, there could be no greater way of partnering with Israel. I sometimes wonder which side the press over here in the West is on with regard to this, because uh, I know that everybody is focusing on the hostage exchange. But again, this is about defeating once and for all Hamas. And what I'm seeing is that the press seems to be playing one side against the other. There's division uh, in, in Israel. This is their, their, there could never be a two-state solution as long as Hamas is the political party that is running Gaza. So what's the resolution here? Well, well the resolution is not a two-state solution, uh, not with Hamas, not with Islamic Jihad, and, and not, not with Fatah. I want to remind you that Fatah, F-A-T-A-H, the Palestinian Authority, is a, is a more vicious terrorist organization than Hamas ever was. They've committed far more terrorist attacks. Uh, they just have uh, they have leaders who wear suits. Uh, there's nothing uh, peaceful about them. Uh, they, they, they fund terrorists. They pay salaries to every single terrorist. In fact, the terrorists who wounded me and my son are, are still getting salaries through their families, even though they're in prison. So uh, the, the Palestinian Authority and Fatah are no partners of peace, and I know that Joe Biden wants to put them on the throne in Gaza once this war is over, and I think the only solution in Gaza is for Israel to maintain 100% control over Gaza and to resettle it anyhow because it's part of the land of Israel historically, so it, it should be ours. Yeah, I've heard that uh, that life would improve vastly for Palestinians if Israel uh, would be in charge, and and it, it they could rebuild the country, and I, I I tend to agree, but yet that's not what our president thinks. Our president thinks that there's some autonomy that is inherent for the Palestinians there, and why is it so hard for Biden and others in the West to understand that there could never be a two state two state solution? Well, that's because the so-called Palestinians. Uh, are telling him so. You know they they don't want uh, they, they they're not looking for um, resolution know, kitchens. What? Yeah. No, they, they don't want resolution. They're not looking for material assets, even though they love to steal them all the time. Uh, what they what they are looking for is to destroy Israel, and that is their main goal. And as as long as that is their main goal, then there's nothing to talk about. David Rubin, again, former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. And also we want to talk and give a big plug for the IsraeliChildren.org website where you're helping children. Uh, tell us about that fund, where the money goes. Uh, how, how, tell us about the organization. Certainly. Certainly. Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, Americans would call it Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, is, uh, is the organization I founded after that terror, terror attack when I was wounded along with my three-year-old son who was shot in the head. Uh, we miraculously survived that attack, and I established uh, my organization uh, in order to heal the trauma of terror victim children and to rebuild the biblical heartland of Israel through those children. So we use music therapy, art therapy, horticulture therapy, multi-sensory safe room therapy, sports therapy, um, and uh, small animal therapy, horseback riding therapy. 
and all of this under one figurative roof. We we have several campuses that that we where we uh, where we perform our activities and and where thank God we have thousands of children who who've been healed through it. So so it's great, and you know I, I want people to partner with us at IsraelChildren.org, and and yeah, uh, I, I thank you for for giving me that time. To, to give them that opportunity. Well, I know all of this is up close and personal for you. How is your son doing today? It's been a while. Well, thank, thank God he's had a, yeah, he's had a, a full physical re- recovery. Uh, there have been emotional ups and downs, but uh, he's on his way. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep supporting you here the best that we can. I appreciate your precious time, and, and thank you for sharing your insights with our audience here on Speaking Out. David Rubin, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Jim. All right. God bless. I can't even imagine uh, what that would be like. So great to have David Rubin on the program. We look forward to having him back, see where this goes. You know, today also is the marcation or the demarcation of 20, uh, 44, 42 years ago that John Kennedy was shot. And in many ways, that to me uh, signaled the decline of, of the integrity of the American political system. And uh, they've come out now with more testimonials from doctors. You've seen it float around on the Internet, floating around that there is no way, no way from four doctors who were in the operating room at the time when they brought Kennedy in after getting shot in Dallas, Every one of the doctors said there is no way that John Kennedy was shot by just one man. Four doctors going on the record. Happy holidays to you. Uh, thank you for joining me on Speaking Out America. Uh, my name is Jim Watkins. Uh, don't forget the podcast. We archive all the shows, and sometimes we throw in some extra goodies for you. So uh, you can always be assured that if you miss a segment or if you miss a day, uh, you can always catch us on our podcast. Just, just Google Speaking Out America with Jim Watkins, and you'll find it. It's on everything. Uh, home base is Spotify, but... We're on Stitcher and iHeart and Odyssey and Amazon and Alexa and everywhere else. So Speaking Out America, it's where we speak out against uh, the injustices against freedom. That's, that's what this show's about. We speak out against injustices toward freedom because we all deserve to be free. We were endowed to be free people. We were endowed to be free thinking, free will. Uh, but that comes with res- restraints. We have to be adults. We have to be respectful. Uh, but that is the American way. That's what's made America such a great country for so many years. Remember that I was just telling you a little while ago about the government giveth, the government taketh away. Here's a great, great story. It's sad, but it, it exemplifies my point. Did you know that they are forcing soldiers to pay for equipment left in Afghanistan? Remember that debacle a couple years ago with Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin where they decided that they needed to pull out immediately? 13 American soldiers died uh, at the airport. It was pure negligence. They left billions and billions of dollars of equipment. Uh, The soldiers that were there were all told to pack up and get on board. But let me read to you an account 
that came by way of Libs of TikTok. On Monday, the X account known as Libs of TikTok posted a viral video from an alleged U.S. Army soldier with the last name Michael, who in his now unavailable post, so they pulled the post, lamented the current state of the U.S. Armed Forces while describing his experiences leaving the service after four years on active duty. Michael claimed the military is forcing him to pay for equipment he was ordered to leave in Afghanistan during the Biden-led U.S. withdrawal in 2021. Here's what allegedly happened as summarized by Michael. So these are his words. Two years ago, my unit deployed to Afghanistan for the Afghanistan withdrawal. We spent a few weeks over there. It was hectic. It was chaotic. It was disgusting. And it made me very disappointed in our government. Today, I'm reminded of how disappointed I am in our government. Go to turn in my gear. They want to charge me $500 to $1,000 for gear that I was ordered to leave in Afghanistan two years ago. Because as the last two birds, airplanes, were sitting on the tarmac ready to leave, there wasn't any room for extra gear or extra weight. Therefore, we were told to leave it. Some lower enlisted dudes, including myself, were like, no, this stuff's expensive. I'm not leaving this. I'm going to get charged for this when I come back for leave. Don't worry. Don't worry, they told us. We're going to catch you on the back end. Well, according to Michael, the service's purported pledge to cover the cost of the equipment was never fulfilled. Toward the end of the video, Michael also showed what appears to be a document from the military dated November 20th, 2023, with charges totaling more than $3,500. This administration's last priority is the American people, and inside of the American people, their last priority is their soldiers, their Marines, their airmen, and their Navy, Michael said. I thought today was going to be the bittersweet getting out of the Army, but I'm very excited to stop serving my government and just get started serving my country. Now, the Federalists printed that, and they went to the U.S. Army Central to get verification, and they never got a response. But there were other members that also concluded, other service members that concluded. Uh, oh, by the way, it gets worse. But that's, that's the point I'm trying to tell you, is that if, my, let's say Michael doesn't pay the $3,500, They'll just take his wages. That's what I mean. The government giveth, the government taketh away. That, that is the purest example of, of a government that has gone completely rogue. They have gone nuts. I mean, the audacity of charging a soldier who served his country in one of the most war-torn areas of the world, they're forced to get on an airplane at the last minute, leave all their gear behind, and then they get stuck with a bill. A bill from Joe Biden that says, you owe me $3,500. I'm the big guy. Doesn't it make you sick? Doesn't it make you angry? All right, so it gets worse. So uh, not long ago at Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota, and these reports were revealed on Tuesday, there was a communique that came out warning base personnel to avoid a local gathering of conservative activists. According to Fox News, base leadership issued the advice ahead of a November 17th Dakota Patriot Rally, which was set to feature a Turning Point USA official as a guest speaker. And for those who don't know, Turning Point 
uh, co-founded by Charlie Kirk, someone I know very well. Uh, it was published in a face group, group, Facebook group, and the text advised base personnel to be cautious if traveling in the area and further claimed event attendees could be confrontational to military members. Now, I know a lot of people that are involved in Turning Point USA, and they are the farthest people who would in any way be disrespectful uh, to any soldier serving their country. Any soldier. That is a fact. But the military personnel uh, up there in Minot decided that TPUSA is an alt-right organization and ominously threatened that participation with groups such as Turning Point Action could jeopardize continued service. So they're basically saying that you go to a pro-American rally. You're serving your country, mind you. You're getting paid by your country to serve in one of the worst areas I can think of, Minot. I mean, that's pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And then you're told by your command, do not go to a pro-American rally. Does the, It's like you're in a, another country. And add to that, that the Department of Defense is now requesting $114 million to fund diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility programs, which are basically an offshoot of Marxism. So anyway, so that's the, that's, that's the government, the way the government is running right now. And it's uh, rather tragic, actually. I think it's rather tragic that we have this kind of situation. Um, let me see here. There's one other story I wanted to share with you. Oh, this is a big one. We've got time for this one. For years and years now, since 2020, everybody who's been denying the integrity of the elections, it's, it's basically what spawned the January 6th event. Uh, hundreds of thousands of Americans across the country, perhaps even millions, scratching their head going, what happened? And they weren't allowed to ask or question the integrity. They were called deniers. They were shamed. A conspiracy theorist, we were all called. There are a lot of people sitting in jail right now because they protested their government, uh, what they call the insurrection, which was nothing more than a protest. Uh, there were some bad actors, no question, but there's also the question of how many FBI embeds were there in that group on Capitol Hill that day. Uh, there could have been hundreds, maybe even thousands. They could have been the ones that were doing this. We've seen that the FBI now is being used to stage these recruiting events. There was one not long ago where they, all of a sudden out of nowhere there was this right-wing uh, group uh, and they were all wearing like, you know, stockings over their face and hiding their identity. But it turned out that that group was not even real. It was nothing more than a recruiting attempt to try to recruit people, just like those people that tried to ki kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. They were egged on by implants, embeds. Uh, and, and, and that, to me, is, is a, a loose form of entrapment because would you have otherwise been involved had somebody not come to you and recruited you for something and then tried to get you involved in some nefarious activity so that they could arrest you? Uh, this, is what our, this is what our Justice Department has become, an entrapment center for people mostly who are just proud of their country, which is sad. So Mike Lindell can finally say that he has been vindicated after being attacked. By the way, it wasn't on the news last night either. My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell has vowed to expose everything following last week's massive ruling by an Obama-appointed judge in Georgia, Amy Totenberg, 
who agreed with Lendell's legal team that electronic voting machines used by the state of Georgia have substantial flaws. According to Totenberg, there is sufficient cause to believe that there may be cybersecurity deficiencies that unconstitutionally burden plaintiffs' First and Fourteenth Amendment rights and capacity to case-effective votes that are accurately counted. What's more, in a footnote with a 135-page ruling, Totenberg said the evidence in the case does not suggest that the plaintiffs are conspiracy theorists of any variety. Indeed, some of the nation's leading cybersecurity experts and computer scientists have provided testimony and affidavits on behalf of plaintiff's case in the long course of this litigation, she wrote. This is going to expose everything, Lindell said on the Steve Bannon show, War Room. And, and then he, lived, <laughs> he ripped off his tinfoil hat. So, ladies and gentlemen, vindication comes. The truth eventually arises. And, and this is where we're at now. So, the only sad thing is that I'm telling you this on Thanksgiving. So, I'm going to run this show again maybe next week so that everybody gets the message. Because our media is not going to report this. I know that. So that's it. Go have yourself a nice Thanksgiving. And we'll be be back a few pounds heavier next time on Speaking Out America. Join me online as well on our podcast brought to you by GetTheTea.com.